Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I am Cassidy Lynn. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by a very special guest who seems to really only come on episodes for today's topic. Um, It's Charlie. (laughs) What up, guys? How's everybody doing? Yes. And this is Charlie's first time being recorded visually for YouTube as well. So it's very exciting. Um, today we're talking through photography horror stories and literally Charlie, Charlie's been on a few episodes, but mainly he's been on the photography horror stories episode. So he's back for another one. We have some great stories for you guys today. I like doing these episodes cause they're just a little bit like different, a little bit entertaining, not as much educational filling your brain, but it's just like it's fun to listen to just like all these different things that have happened to people. So yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it doesn't mean that only bad things happen when I'm around in (laughs) photography. Um, But you know, every time, every every once in a while, we got to take a moment, just kick back and laugh a little bit, you know? Yeah. And that actually reminds me, I wanted to share like a personal horror story first before we got into some of these stories and yours is actually one that I'm sharing. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. Yeah, you, <laughs> he looks surprised, but, like, I I sent him, like, the f- podcast notes before, and he doesn't always look at them, so he's a little surprised that I'm calling him out like this, oh. but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so we're going to start with my own story. Wait, first. Do you have any updates, Charlie? Because you haven't been on in a minute. I share updates like every single episode, but got anything new going on? I'll be honest. I, I think a lot of times when I come on the podcast, it's just kind of like different updates of what's happening with the house or different plans that we're trying to make happen. And there's a lot of things in the works as to things that we've been kind of brainstorming. And you may have seen if you follow Cassidy's stories closely that were in the works of trying to see if we can put together a kind of West Coast road trip. Um, I have not posted that yet. Well, you asked questions about it on your story for ideas of stuff to do, um, different parts to see. So <laughs> okay. hopefully I'm not giving away too much. Well, you uh, literally just said it. Yeah, so <laughs> we might be we might be going on a West Coast road trip. We'll see. Um, we're trying to put it together, but that that's definitely an update. Um as far as in the house and life, I've uh, been doing a lot of skim coating and drywall repair. Yes, which drywall. has been a lot of fun to try and figure out. I, w- um, I don't know. I wasn't expecting you to say fun for some reason. I was gonna say nightmare. I was I was debating, <laughs> but you know, it's as much as it is a struggle to like learn those things. I think just the fact that you're learning new things and gaining new skills and being able to see I don't know reap like the fruit of hard labor and different things it's it's a lot of fun so yeah I would say it's been a good time overall Cassidy was the one that a a few months back at like at the end of 2021 she just started ripping stuff off of the wall and (laughs) kind of damaged the wall in some spots and that's fine because it needed to happen at some point so she was the one that kind of got the project kick-started and then I just have had some homework to do as far as going to YouTube University and yes. learning how to do uh, 
drywall skim coating and repair so yeah here we are it's a lot but i'm excited to show you guys before and afters once it's finished i've been kind of sharing on my story like a few in progress photos but it's really hard to tell from photos especially if you didn't see the bathroom like right when it what right when we moved in like what it looked like if you're just seeing the progress photos you're probably like oh that bathroom's still trash um so yeah i'm excited to show off the final photos but gonna be a minute before we have those because we need to finish it yes we we definitely have a work cut out for us we have some other things ahead of us that we are going to be learning as we go as well speaking of like tile repair and glazing a tub and yes. some different stuff and all the things doing some flooring but it's going to be good yes we're, we're excited to learn and excited to keep keep it moving it's going to be cute all right so let's jump in to some stories so i wanted to share our personal horror story, I have tons of stories like all the time, so I could share like endless stories, but this story specifically has to do with Charlie and it's actually not like a long winded story. It's pretty short. So basically the bride at this wedding was like missing a finger and I noticed it at their engagement session. It's obviously if you're missing a finger, it's literally no big deal. Like we, <laughs> we finger or not or no fingers like we'll stu- still shoot your wedding like whatever um but in this case it's it pertains to the story because i i knew that the bride was missing a finger but charlie didn't and it's like one of those things where you know you just don't really notice if you're not looking out for it so um we were talking with the bride while she was getting ready we were talking to her about like getting your nails done and like getting acrylics um, because like she had gotten acrylic stump for the wedding and basically Charlie said something like, wow, getting your nails done is the worst. It's it when you take off the nails, it's basically like losing a finger. He said, he basically said like that exact thing. And I didn't tell Charlie that she was missing a finger. I mean, I don't even know if she thought it was a big deal or not, but I was like, <laughs> the wording of that sentence was just horrible for the situation and so like afterwards I pulled Charlie aside I was like hey just want to let you know she is missing a finger she's actually missing a finger yeah so maybe like don't say things like that later yeah I I don't like usually stick my foot in my mouth that often but in that scenario I definitely said things that I shouldn't have said. But right. I, there was like, Cassidy didn't fill me in ahead of time. <laughs> like you would think if you're going to a wedding and you're doing like shots of details and different things and you see stuff like that, that you would inform a person I mean, and help honestly, them out. I really, like I said, like it really doesn't matter to me if someone's missing a finger or even like missing a limb, like whatever. I just didn't think about it. And so I think like just the combo of like the wording plus the situation, it just was like awkward. And she, maybe she didn't even like notice it or think anything of it. But I just was like, Ooh, like, yeah, <laughs> that's a little awkward. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It doesn't change the situation for us. We still love the people that we're working with. Yeah. And like, I can't speak to the struggles or different things that they may have had to face in the past. Those are a story of their own for those each individuals. But yeah, as far as what we're doing, we're still going to have the utmost respect for the day and the opportunity to be with them. It doesn't change what we're doing, but yeah. I definitely messed up. <laughs> okay, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, 
I can I can go first because I haven't read any of these and Cassidy spent some time putting it together. So. I actually didn't read most of these. I just kind of skimmed through them. So I didn't like read in detail. Okay. Well, I will do my best to read this and do it some justice. Let's see if I can read it well. So here we are. Story one. Hi, Cassidy. I hope I'm not too late to submit a photography horror story. Big fan of your podcast and I have listened to every episode. These episodes are definitely my favorite, and I actually have a story to share myself. It was the craziest thing that's happened to me at a wedding. Here it goes. So, I am actually a wedding videographer, not a photographer, but this story is definitely relevant and horrifying. I was single shooting a wedding a few years ago, and the photographer, also a single shooter, and I were really vibing the whole day. She had great energy, shared ideas, and we collaborated great together. All is well until the ceremony. Right as the bride is walking down the aisle, the photographer starts having some heart complications and is able to quietly stumble away from the ceremony to ask for help. I didn't notice this happening as we are standing in different areas of the ceremony setup and I am totally focused on the bride walking down the aisle. A few minutes later, the, co- the coordinator approaches me quietly, hands me the photographer's camera, and says, I need you to stop taking video and just start taking photos. We are calling an ambulance for the photographer. Mind you, the ceremony is still happening. The show must go on. What? At this point, I am full of adrenaline and just trying to operate both cameras. I had no idea how, how to work the photographer's camera at such short notice other than just point and shoot. I barely remember any of these moments because I was like on like full flight or fu- fight or flight mode. Goodness. Obviously, photography and videography are similar but different in many ways. And this moment was not the best moment to become a photographer, LOL. <laughs> Thank goodness we had already finished some couple portraits and bridal party portraits. But... I still had to do 90% of family photos, more couple portraits, and the reception. Luckily, the photographer ended up being okay, and the couple made the best of the situation. We even took photos on the fire truck. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Needless to say, it was an impossible situation, and since that day, I have always had a second shooter. Thanks for reading. And then they actually have the picture of yeah. the couple <laughs> like next to the fire That's truck. That's so cute. That's actually a cute picture. And I wonder if the videographer or the photographer took that. Because that's a good picture. I'll have to put it on well, YouTube if you're watching. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's got to be the videographer that took yeah, the picture of probably. them. Because the, the photographer's oh. in the ambulance. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yo, that that is crazy. I Maybe we can get this photo that. in the video when I we. I just said I was gonna put it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get it in the video for you so you can see it. That's crazy. I had a question while you were reading that, but now I don't remember what it was. I literally was just in shock listening to that. Oh my gosh! Like what? What do you do? Like <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like picturing having. I'm not a videographer. So it's just funny to like think about it, but I'm like sitting there watching my viewfinder or the little like display and like trying to frame my shot well. And I'm like either doing some motion shot or with a gimbal or whatever. I just like from other videographers I've seen. And then it's like I'm watching 
and then I just feel like this like slight tap on my hip or like my shoulder yeah. and I turn around and it's like the wedding coordinators like laying on the ground around like one of the uh, pews like trying to get my attention like, psst, psst. and it's like the photographer is like in an ambulance right now we need you to take photos <laughs> like goodness like what do you do in that situation well, obviously yeah. you're a champ whoever sent this in like it, good for you i honestly at first if i were the videographer i would think that it's a joke my question i remembered it when they were doing the couple's portraits later, because they said that they were doing like more portraits, I'm assuming the couple knew that the photographer then at that point was having heart issues. Like, I wonder like how the couple was feeling or like, you know, because during the ceremony, that's like a very crucial time to miss out on photos. Like, you know, that's like the whole reason, the whole, that's the main part of the show on a wedding day so I wonder like what the couple was thinking I don't even know they probably honestly they probably like were told that the photographer is not feeling great but the videographer was able to get some shots during the ceremony that's what I would do if I were a coordinator just kind of try to make my couple feel more reassured that everything's going smoothly yeah i have no idea there's just so many different pieces to that that's that definitely is a horror story yes on all sides of it because it's a horror story for the coordinator it's a horror story for the couple it's a horror story for the photographer yeah it's a horror story for the videographer as we just read it's like all involved and we're thankful to hear that that individual is doing well no yeah that's what matters the most and Honestly, like the videographer said, it's important to have a second shooter for that reason because you truly don't know what's going to happen. Health-wise, gear-wise, like just to be safe, it's always helpful to have a second shooter. Um, I do hope that that photographer's contract held up in this scenario because if the couple wanted to, they could probably go after the photographer, which which would would be be horrible. But Really unfortunate. Yeah. From the photo, it looks like this couple <laughs> really had a good attitude it about does. it. It does. They look they look <laughs> like they're having a good time. Oh, okay, so we're going to read... I'm going to read this next story. This one is a long one, but <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm going to try and look at it as you're reading. And yes, just, like, just listen to, to me. Going, yeah. yeah, okay. Hi, Cassidy. This is going to be a long one because, honestly, this whole wedding was a disaster from the beginning. I ran across a referral for a wedding when I was just starting out from another photographer. The mother of the bride was coordinating some wedding details, including photography. So eventually, she ended up reaching out to me. On our first call, I told her my hourly rate of $150 per hour. Side note, this was like my second or third wedding ever. She explained that her original photographer only charged her $125 and was under the impression that I was the same rate. Ultimately, I I decided to match that rate because I was... Because being so new, I really wanted to get more experience under my belt. I told her the next step was signing a contract and paying the deposit. Then we would chat more about the details for the day of the wedding. That night, I sent her the contract and invoice, and she didn't receive it or open it until the next day, but she did sign the contract right away. Within maybe four hours, I received two emails from her, one stating she was shocked to see the invoice amount, and the next saying that she needed to cancel my services to avoid additional fees while... She discussed it with her husband. She was under the impression that I was charging her a total of 125 for a seven-hour wedding with a three-hour round-trip travel time. Like, what? (laughs) 
I apologized for the misunderstanding and explained again how I price weddings, and I let her know that if she wanted to move forward after discussing with her husband that I would hold that day for her for a few more days. The next day, she paid the deposit and said we were good with moving forward. I tried to get her and the bride on phone on the phone multiple times to talk about expectations and find out more about the timeline of the day. I never did get to speak with the bride and got very little from the mom. I ended up sending her an example timeline and some options of things we could photograph that day. Over the phone, we decided on getting ready photos of the bride and bridesmaids. First look with the father, then the groom, and then obviously the ceremony, bouquet garter, cake cutting, no exit. I asked for a shot list and was told, I trust your judgment, you're the photographer. We set a specific time frame on when to arrive to get the last few minutes of the girls getting ready. So on the day of the wedding, my second shooter and I showed up about 20 to, 20 to 30 minutes before the time we agreed on. The mother welcomed us into the house and we asked about where all the girls were and if we could get set up to start getting detail shots and getting ready photos. Well, all the girls were completely ready and dressed and the bride was ready, but not dressed yet. So we asked if they wanted to go in and get a few shots together. But since they were done and they didn't want to do that, they wait, what? This is, it's so long, it's hard for me to read. Hold on. But since they were done, they didn't want to do that anymore. Okay. I asked when they wanted to start the first looks, and they said 15 minutes. I asked the mom if she could help me clear out the ceremony space because there were guests and the groomsmen already there because usually first looks are more intimate and private. She told me that they could do the first look with everyone there. Oh, gosh. We... <laughs> We waited fi about 15 minutes and the bride came out in her regular outfit and told me she didn't want to do the first look anymore. So at this point, we had almost an hour before the ceremony. We took the groomsmen photos and tried to get some of the bridesmaids, but found out that not all of them were there because they decided to include more people in the lines last minute. No big deal, obviously. My second shooter and I sat back for the rest of the time and just discussed the game plan through the rest of the evening. So fast forward, we got through the ceremony. It was beautiful. And then some of the bride and groom shots, some of the whole wedding party and all that jazz. During that time, all the guests were eating. So we sent the bride and groom to get food as well. Dinner lasted about an hour, but guests would finish at, the t at different times and they would leave the food area and come into the reception area. So we started getting candidates of guests interacting and all of that. There was a total of 15 minutes during the dinner party where we sat down and did not shoot at all. Neither of us were hungry because we had lunch just before arriving, so we did not eat. Once the bride and groom were finished with food and visiting a bit within the hour, we then started with family portraits. The groom's family and friends all went first, and then we started to try to wrangle up the mother's side, but it really was hard to track them down. We eventually found them and said that they were up next and could meet us in like five minutes. Well, mom and dad never showed up and we had two different people go looking for them, but couldn't find them. So we moved on to the different photos and more candidates. About 30 minutes later, we see mom and dad again. They had changed out of their wedding outfits and into normal street clothes. Mom was running around, just kind of managing all the wedding happenings. So I found dad and asked about the photos and said, when they were ready to grab us and said when they were ready to grab us. We also told the bride and groom the same thing. Let us know when they're ready. This was all between different candid shots, speeches, everything. Okay. So I'm, I'm still tracking this during the reception. At one point in the night, my second shooter needed to charge her battery. So she sat down in the corner for seriously 10 minutes. There were some guests that kept snickering about her and asking, who's that? Why is she just sitting there? 
She felt uncomfortable and got back up to get her half-charged battery and camera. We definitely should have had a spare. I get that, but I never stopped shooting during the whole time that she was down. It was getting close to sunset, so we asked the couple to do the cake photos and then the bouquet and garter toss. We asked again in between if mom and dad wanted family photos before it got too dark. Again, they said they would just grab us in a minute and never did. After sundown, 20 minutes after our agreed end time, I went and talked with the bride, asked for any last minute shots or anything she needed. She said they got everything they wanted and thanked us. The next morning, oh gosh, the next morning I received the final payment from the wedding, but by that night I get on an e- I get an email from the mother of the bride. She claimed that multiple people told her we were sitting down all night not taking any photos. She was upset that the only photos she asked for parentheses she asked for none weren't captured and ultimately she was unhappy with the service she received and wasn't sure what we should do. I definitely got the vibe got the vibe she was wanting at least a partial refund. I responded and explained the only times we sat that I could provide a detailed timeline log of all the photos that were taken from both cameras to show that we really did shoot so much and did not sit around not working. I also referred back to the conversation about the shot list and the contract that states that the photographs ultimately were not liable. The photographers were ultimately not liable for any photographs that are not taken especially for circumstances out of their control. For example, them never coming despite the multiple attempts we made to get them to come over. I said that I hoped that once I, they received the edited gallery, that they were more satisfied with the services. I gave them the time frame on when they would be delivered. She never ended up responding to that, but a weekend before the deadline, she emailed me three times asking about when they would be done. There were so many other odd things that happened throughout this wedding that I wish I had time to tell because it literally was just the most awkward wedding I've ever shot. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's not just one thing. It's like collectively you had to put up with a lot going through that. Yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you, man. It's just like I'm trying to think about all the different stuff. I'm triggered by the family photos thing. Like... As a photographer, we put so much effort into getting those dang people in the photos. Yeah. I mean, there's... uh, So the family photos thing, placement of family photos will make or break how the actual family photos come out. Yeah. Like you're saying the time placement. Yeah. Because the fact that the reception had already started and then you're trying to get the family photos done, that's when you know that there is going to be ensuing chaos because... Once people get drinks and once people start getting food, especially if it's like after dinner, I don't remember if they said they had already like been into dinner and finishing yeah, they, eating. Yeah, I think it was There after is dinner. not a single chance yeah. that people are going to be like ready to assemble from all across the wedding for nice put together family photos. Yeah. So that in of itself is a horror story. I also think the mother of the bride it sounds like she really didn't know much about like wedding etiquette like the fact that she wanted the bride to do the first look in front of a bunch of guests like that yeah kind that, of, that defeats the purpose that's a huge issue look. like you're getting you're literally giving away the entire reveal of the bride yeah. ahead of the actual wedding so that's a horror story yeah all one of, of the other <laughs> things was like from our past busy season, just reflecting on a couple of exchanges that we've had on taking like a 15, 20 minute break throughout like an eight or 10 hour shooting coverage. 
and Cassidy like getting chewed out at a wedding or something for just for literally sitting down and eating food for like 15 minutes yeah. it's just those those types of exchanges can be horror stories in of yes. themselves and I, can ruin your experience with a guest after for real for like yes. the entire time and then it's awkward that person that said something to you taking photos of them after they say something it's just it's so awkward i think i did share that on a previous podcast episode where um a family member of the groom came up to me while i was eating and I was on my phone while I was eating <laughs> for like 10 minutes and I like got yelled at for that basically. So anyway, um, the other, the other piece that I was thinking about was, um, the, the beginning of it when they show up and all of the bridesmaids were already ready and everything that they were supposed to be doing at the beginning of coming to the wedding, all of that was already passed as well too. So, it's just really hard to know. Like, you you were getting nickel and dimed on the price from your first exchange with them to then moving into, like, coming. Nothing was ready. All the people were already finished. They don't want any of the shots that they had previously said. And then they said it's, like, up to you and your judgment. And then they at the end of it, they just get really mad at you for that. So, I don't know. It's You were in a tough situation yeah. altogether. It's, it's tough. But... I'm glad that I experienced it so that I can, I've learned something from it. And I'm sure this person has learned something from this wedding as well. I think one of the big things that stood out to me about the story was the fact that there was no like coordinator or anyone for the photographer to go to, whether that's like a family member, it doesn't have to necessarily be like a coordinator, but someone that's kind of like externally involved, like someone that's not as close to the whole event. So not the mom, like, I don't even know, like a friend, maid of honor or something, something that's a little, a little bit different than a coordinator. It's just having that person really does make a difference because they can aid in finding people for family photos or, you know, all of that different stuff. So, yeah. All right. Let's jump into the third story. Story three. Hello, Cassidy. Okay. First off, I love your podcast. I listen all the time and have learned so much from your personal experiences and tips and tricks. Also, you may say my name in these. these they are not anonymous. This is from Nicole uh, Palmasano. My horror story. I have two. First one. I was second shooting for another photographer at a wedding, and we were in the middle of doing the family and bridal portraits. The main photographer sent me back to the bag to grab a flash, and when I went back to get one, I picked it up and dropped it by mistake, and the neck of the flash broke. I had a mini heart attack and instantly thought, oh my God, I now have to tell her, and she wants this right now. I walked back over and told her, and she stayed calm and said, it's fine. I have another in the bag. We'll use that one. So let's just say I apologized for like 15 times that day, but she was very understanding about it, and sometimes things just happen. And so the second one. I wasn't shooting this wedding, but I worked at a wedding venue as an assistant wedding planner. I was like three months into working at this wedding venue, and I, and I finally had my Jennifer Lopez wedding planner moment. <laughs> I had, I had a gentleman come up to me during the wedding and say, excuse me, 
my wife needs help. And my first reaction, like anyone, was that something serious happened. And I said, of course, where is she? And he said, over here. Her shoe fell apart and I've been and I've tried using crazy glue, but it still won't stay together. I said, I can help you. Let me see what I can find and I'll fix it. Fix it up for you. Um, so I looked around our kitchen with some glue. Some, uh, so I looked around our kitchen with some of the staff and we found Gorilla Glue. I knew this stuff was going to work and is 10 times better than crazy glue. So I start doing some surgery on the shoe and it was good <laughs> as new. And we even put some clamps, put, put some clamps on it to make sure it was secure while drying. I brought the shoe back to the woman and explained to her that I'll be back later in the evening to collect the clamps and to make sure the shoe is good. I come back an hour later and she and she reaches in her bag and if you know Gorilla Glue, you'd know it foams. So as <laughs> so as you would have guessed, it had foamed all over the shoe. <gasps> the lady and I shared a oh no moment and I said let me take it back to the kitchen and get the foam off. You should be fine. So I brought it back and got as much as I could off. So I brought it back and got as much as I could get off. And it was good as new. Wow. There you go. So the first story about the flash, I think that's like almost every photographer's worst nightmare. Like when it comes to asking people to grab something for you or, you know, trusting anyone with your stuff that just sits in the back of your mind. Like what if something happens to it when they go get it or while it's in their possession? And I'm glad that that photographer reacted in a non-negative way because I, I know a lot of photographers would just be really frustrated in that moment and kind of lash out on that photographer who broke it. But I'm glad that the photographer handled it well. And honestly, like in that moment, there's really nothing else that the main photographer could have done. The flash is already broken. So like, what's the point in overreacting and, you know, making a huge deal out of it? There's really no point in doing that. So that's crazy. And then the the shoe thing is just, that's so weird. I feel like at that point, I would just be like, I'm sorry, go barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it's really random. Like the fact that that guy was like, I mean, yeah, you want to help your wife out if if her shoe's broken. It is unfortunate, but it's also like you have a couple and a rest of a wedding to keep your eye on. So to get caught up in this like long (laughs) saga of gluing their shoe back together and then needing to clean it up and search all around the kitchen and having half of your staff like searching for Gorilla Glue. It's it's funny. Like prop to you guys for taking care of those people but you you never know what could have happened to your <laughs> your couple or the wedding right, as you're like time. just searching for some gorilla glue yeah so moral of the story charlie just said he wouldn't care if your wife's shoe was broken that's exactly what i just heard so <sighs> i mean if i'm being paid to take care of a wedding and watching out for the bride and groom and their family i probably am going to let some random <laughs> guest shoe take care of itself they can figure it out uh, so i didn't hear a denial on that so he completely agrees all right let's move on to <laughs> story number 4 so i just started shooting weddings and i had a wedding booked in my hometown which is 2 hours from where i currently live 
but my sister lived in my hometown still, so I stayed with her the weekend of the wedding. I left Saturday morning from where I currently live and drove two hours to my hometown to drop my son off and my bags off at my sister's house before going to work this wedding. I get to the wedding, and when the time came to where I needed to use my flash, I realized I left my flash at my house. So she has like a flash bag, it sounds like. So they left their flash bag at their sister at their house. I'm getting this confused already. So here I am about to shoot a wedding with no flashes. So I freaked out because this wedding and my hometown are in the middle of nowhere. The only close thing is a Walmart and a McDonald's. There's no Best Buy, no camera store, anything like that. So I call my sister and asked her to go to Walmart to see if they have any flashes at all and to, and to buy them and bring them to me. So she did and she bought two of them and I paid her back and I could finally breathe. Plot twist, the flashes refused to work. They were compatible with our cameras, but they would not work. They went off one time and that was it. So I'm trying to hold myself together and not die inside. We literally had to use the light from the DJ's booth to capture all of the reception photos and cake cutting photos. I wanted to crawl in a hole and never crawl out. By the grace of God, when I sent her the photos, she loved the entire gallery. How she never noticed, I will never know. But she claims she absolutely loved the gallery and this was two years ago. And she still recommends me to this day to other people. Wow. <laughs> the it's like the confession of maybe like in the middle of the reception like hey, that's a that's a great moment. Could you just like slide a little bit to your <laughs> right and like maybe turn just a just, just a, a shade? Bit. Perfect, right there. <laughs> and like if nobody noticed that you were trying to like manipulate and use the DJ's like setup as your only light source. You've done a great job yes. at covering the fact that you left your flash. Pursue at a you career were. in acting. Draw <laughs> photography right now. Oh, and I'm so sorry that you had to struggle with the stupid third party flashes. It's so funny because it's like you do all this work to get the flash. Like you forgot it. You need it. You do all this work to get it. And then finally you get it and it doesn't even work. So it's like the whole time you were stressing about something and you could have just like had your sister not go get it because it wasn't going to work in the first place. That sucks. Flashes are so temperamental. I, a lot of the people that I talk to have issues with their flashes, just like not firing when they want them to whatever. I know that the solution sometimes to that is battery. I think like 90% of the time when my flash isn't working, it's because I just need to pop in new batteries, but that can be very just like, money consuming it's expensive to buy new batteries all the time i know there are some flashes that have like really powerful batteries that you can buy for them and those flashes work really well but it's like man you just never know what you're gonna get with the flash so i'm i'm props to them for being able to use the dj lights i don't honestly <laughs> know if i would have been able to do that i think i would have just absolutely just been so nervous and just shot with just the light that was there and that's that yeah i was gonna say my other thing was like i hope you got you had a camera that performed well in low, in low light, light settings yeah. because if you don't then you're basically done well you're not done but you definitely have to turn those into some like grainy moody like yeah. black and white photos it has to be a vibe 
Yeah, I mean, you can definitely work with it, but it's definitely not what you would hope it would have been. Right, yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. All right, let's jump in to the next story. I'm laughing because at the beginning of this person's notes, I don't know if you'll even see this. It's not even worth me trying to show you my phone. It's just they have so many emojis like back to back that are all like the head exploding. (laughs) It's because I copied and pasted it from my email and the emojis translated into my notes app as like gigantic emojis. They're not like the little tiny ones. They like take up like half a page and they did like four (laughs) mind blowing emojis. And so they're taking up the entire page. So it's just, it's a funny, just visual, just looking at them. (laughs) And it's also like the way that this starts. It's just so funny. Okay. So here's this next story. Ma'am, I booked a wedding and forgot about it. (laughs) Just right there. (laughs) That's what happened. And then one of those gigantic emojis. And on the day of the wedding, I was working at my hospital job and couldn't leave four more of the mind-blown emojis. I got them a replacement in time. But yeah, wow. I've bought a few planners since then. Organization isn't my strong suit. (laughs) simple as that (laughs) that i think that is like a lot of wedding photographers fear that i especially like every single weekend i check my schedule i double check it triple check it when people book with the with me i make sure i have the right date in there because it's like forgetting about a wedding there is literally nothing worse like my worst fear is someone i literally say this all the time like this is my worst fear but truthfully this is one of my worst fears someone like calling me from like the bridal party or like the couple calling me and then being like hey you're supposed to be here 30 minutes ago where are you and me thinking that the wedding was tomorrow like i simply could not i props to you for being able to find someone in that short of a time notice even though you probably had time but like you know what i mean like and shout out to that other photographer that was able to do it for real wow that is just crazy all right Cassidy, I just got a new Jeep. Well, new to me, it's a 2012 in August. Great condition and perfect paint job. I booked a family session way out in the country and drove to their home for the shoot. As soon as I pulled into the driveway, their huge dog and a little dog ran out to greet my car. (laughs) And greet is in quotations. I'm not, I am, oh, it says I am 100% a dog person. I have a beagle myself. So I was going kind of slow up the driveway, trying not to run over the little dog, especially. As I was pulling into the driveway, the lady who I had contacted about the shoot started to come down the driveway. The big dog then jumped on my car multiple times, putting a bunch of two foot long, deep scratches on the driver's side door of my new Jeep. Ugh. Then then the lady proceeded to lean against my car and talk to me through the window while the dog was still jumping on my car, making no effort to get the dog off my car or apologize about the dog. I normally wouldn't care about a dog jumping around me, nor a random person just leaning up against my car to talk to me. But I was so overwhelmed with what was going on, I just started quickly, I just stated quickly that I'm going to park over in the grass. I then went and parked in the grass and composed myself and my anger at the fact that my new car just got scratched up really bad with no apology. I had to make a decision whether or not to say something about it or just pretend like it didn't happen. 
Of course, being the non-confrontational person that I am, I decided to let it go. They liked their pictures and said they would use me again in the future, so I guess I'm glad I didn't say anything about the dog scratching my car up. But I still haven't fixed it because I know it'll cost a bunch of money. My family swears it's only noticeable to me, but I think it's just to make me feel better. Love your work and your podcast. You're a great inspiration to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm If I'm going to be honest, I would do the same exact thing. It would hurt me so deeply on the inside, but I would be like, no, it's fine. Like, oh my gosh, don't even worry about it. Like if they did mention something, I'd be like, no, don't worry about it. I, it, I don't even notice it. And then I'd get home and I'd be like, this is the only thing that I see when I look at my car. That sucks. Yeah, and I think the other hard part is, is like, I don't know if you got a chance to see their vehicles, like the family's vehicles that were there on property, but it's like, I'm sure that all of their cars yeah. are just like Scratched wrecked all up, the way up. Yeah. because of their own dogs doing that to their vehicles. So they've just like grown accustomed to it, which does not make it okay for their <laughs> animals to do that to your car. Let me right. get that clear. But the thing is, is... To them, they probably didn't even notice it at all because it's just like second nature to them for their dog to go nuts when vehicles come on property. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely props to you for being the bigger person in that scenario and taking it to it it and just kind of going on with the rest of your business. I think sometimes photographers get put in these tricky situations where it's like, do I say something and potentially lose a client who could continue to come back to me or do I you know say something and potentially just like cut off that relationship because I need to stand up for myself I don't know like it's I don't think either one of them is necessarily the right answer I guess if you could say it to them in like a kind way and just like not making it like pay for my car and fix it right now, but just like letting them know for the future. If anyone comes in their driveway, like what's going to happen to their car. I think that might've been a good solution because then the owners would at least know that it happened to your car. If they wanted to offer to help you fix it, they could, if they didn't, they wouldn't. Um, But at least you're not just like leaving it all, you know, boiling up on the inside, which like I said, I would probably do the same exact thing. But speaking from uh, an outside perspective, I should, you know, just say something about it, but not not like forcing them to pay, but just saying something. Yeah, I think giving them a little bit of insight as to what their dogs do just to be able to give a heads up like, hey, you might want to know that your dogs wreck every vehicle that comes (laughs) on your property. Um, Just let you know. And I shouldn't say wreck that we're being very we're uh, over exaggerating, but like it's still like. New Jeep, new to you Jeep. Yeah. New paint job that's been cleaned up by from whoever you just got it from and having a dog just run their paw across the entire side of it. That's definitely an unfortunate situation. So sorry. Definitely have experienced some crazy scenarios with uh, people's animals at different shoots that we've been to. I don't know. Like, I just am thinking of a couple of them, and it's just, it's not. funny. Wait, which ones? Well, specifically, I don't remember the name of the couple, but there was, like, yeah, this, like, like super anyway. old dog that was just, like, following us around, and we were taking the dress out to the back, and there was, like, two things going on. There was, like, this housing complex where it's, like, other people's houses are back-to-back-to-back, and there was, like, this huge, like, zero-turn uh, like contractor guy that was doing landscaping for this family and they were like running like 
all of their lawnmowers between houses and doing stuff. But then this dog was like, as we were trying to get this dress like set up outside on a tree, like next to the deck, this dog just starts like peeing all over the deck. And I'm like moving, I'm like moving, uh, like deck furniture and trying to get like, I have a chair in my hands, like straddling over the dog gate on the entrance to the deck and like trying to get this dress up in this tree and everything. And then this dog's just like peeing all over the deck. And I'm like, is this a normal thing for your family? Do you just let your dog pee all over the deck? I said something to, um, somebody in the house. I don't remember who I said. And I just was like, Oh, I saw the dog like just randomly pee. Like it wasn't just like on like a plant that was near the deck. It was just on the, the deck. middle of like, the deck. Yeah. And it, it just peed. And I, but it was like, <laughs> it was so weird because it, it just acted like it was so normal to do that. And they were like, Oh yeah, we like train our dogs to do that. So then they can just, we just let them out really quickly. And then we just hose off the deck at the end of the day or whatever. And I was like, okay, like you do you, but like we got a wedding dress up in here and <laughs> not trying to drag your wedding dress through, through the dog somebody's pee. pee. Yes. Yeah. That is crazy. So tough. So many dog stories we could get into. We love shooting dogs. Like I've done puppy shoots. I've done shoots with like 13 year old beagles. Like it's so cute to incorporate your dog, but it does add an extra element of elite living and breathing thing so yeah just just an extra element to think about while you shoot so sorry about your jeep (laughs) all right i've got the next story this one also is another short one story number seven i got frostbite (laughs) excuse me start over (laughs) i can't talk let me try this one more one more time i got frostbite in all my fingers during my most recent photo shoot ah so painful (laughs) My fingers were white, hard, and numb. And when when they start unthawing in the car, I was screaming and crying in pain. Terrible. Needless to say, that shoot will need to be reshot. Ha ha. Upside down. Smiley face. That's called a frowny face. Upside down. Smiley face. That whole as story has me crying. It's not. I'm not even laughing at the story itself. It's the way that you said it. Yeah, I am so sorry to the person that sent this in. I really do my best, but when wording is kind of wild, I just kind of go into struggle mode. It wasn't even weird. Now I can't talk. Yeah, it wasn't gotcha. even weird wording. It just like sometimes you get in your head and then you 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 think about every single word that you're saying but back to the topic of the story it sucks getting frostbite during a shoot i've never actually got like frostbite but my fingers have definitely gone numb um when was it i recently like did a shoot and then got or not a shoot it was just like i did something and got back to my car oh we were snowboarding and we my toes definitely lost a lot of feeling and i've never had the feeling of like your blood circulating back into your toes where it actually hurts. I've never had that. And it happened to me and I was actually screaming. I was like, this hurts so bad. I was like, Charlie, what is wrong with my she feet? Was like, Get this boot off me. Get this boot off me right now. I can't feel my toes. And then I was like, Cassidy, you're going to just have to go through this because it's not the fact that your boots are too tight or anything. You're just regaining feeling yeah. in your foot right now. That feeling is horrible. And 
at a shoot, especially like if you don't bring the right gloves or like the right thing to stay warm, you kind of just have to tough it out unless you say to your client, like, Hey, can I go to my car for five minutes to warm up? Like a lot of clients are chill like that, but a lot of the times, like five minutes in the car is not enough to like help you in that situation. You have to like be prepared beforehand. So especially in Michigan, cause that's where we live. That's where we shoot. I was going to say also living in upstate New York for the last like four to five years and then coming back to Michigan, like being from Northern place, like we're used to that. But if you're traveling for shoots and maybe you're from down South and you find yourself in a Northern city in winter doing yeah. photography, you gotta be, you gotta be prepared. Yeah. Otherwise you might find yourself losing feeling and then in pain, Screaming. regaining feeling. Yeah, yeah. It is not fun, to say the least. All right, here we go. On to the next. Hi, I had a family travel for... <laughs> I need to restart. <laughs> we're, just, we're just not doing it with these stories right now. Hi, I had a family travel two hours to do a session at a gorgeous location, which I had to travel four hours to. The mom messages me that morning saying her toddler didn't feel good and asked if they should still come. I advised against it knowing pictures with young kids is tough even when they feel fine. They decided to come anyway. I got three pictures before he started screaming uncontrollably. Short story, they had to rush him to the hospital. He was fine, thankfully, but oof, that was rough. Man, I... I love little kids. Like, I love spending time with little kids and doing stuff with them. And it is just hilarious, but also so hard to get good photos of them. No, yeah. And especially, like, if you took your kid to the hospital, you're seeing some, like, symptoms or signs that they're not normally feeling. You know, some kids are known for overreacting and, like, maybe they pretend to be sick all the time but if this kid like is actually showing symptoms of like things they normally wouldn't do I'm sure they had a good reason to bring him to the hospital it was him yeah but like kids are so fun like you said but it's so difficult too and in this scenario I would have done the same thing as the photographer told them like not to try to make it that day maybe try to reschedule yeah, I mean, even t- two hours to a shoe location for the kid, that's rough enough. Unless, like, they're napping the whole time, and then they can wake up, and they're so happy. Ah, uh, man, that they, sucks. You said it was, oh, yeah. It was two hours for the family, and then four hours for them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I missed that. That was right at the beginning. Wow. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It's, I, will, I love kids, and... Uh, shout out to all our family photographers that have a special gift of being yes. able to get little kids to cooperate and getting great shots of families. It's not something that I specialize in, but love hanging out with little kids and getting to know them, especially like I have family that has kids too. So it's just being, being around children is a lot of fun, but doing photos of them is always like puts you into a unique situation, being able to try and get them to focus or um, being able to, I don't know, just make it a fun experience for everybody yeah. involved yeah uh kudos to all the family photographers out there you're doing the work that i don't want to do you're a saint yes all right oh you're ready the next one i'm up hey cassidy what's up hey first of all <laughs> love the podcast and your openness with sharing tips and education with the public you've helped me grow so much all right here's a story 
It was a brisk fall afternoon at our local beach. <laughs> I'll stop reading it like that. <laughs> I was meeting a couple for engagement photos with their dog, who was such a good boy and very well behaved. The couple was awesome. A little nervous at first, but once we started talking, it was good. I asked them to sit in the sand together and gave them a prompt to do when an off-leash dog came running up to them and peed on them. <gasps> the owners couldn't care less and wouldn't wrangle their dog. I felt horrible, and the couple ended up leaving. We probably shot for about 20 minutes of their hour-long session. Aww. I offered a reshoot for a 30-minute session free of charge in a private place, and the photos came out beautiful. So much better than they would have been the first day. They were appreciative for the reshoot and loved the photos, so all is well. Good. Here's the link to their photos of the reshoot day. Cool. Okay. I pulled it up so you can see it, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Aw. Uh, yeah, those photos are cute. <laughs> Man, that's so frustrating. And honestly, it's kind of a weird situation that those, the owners of the other dog, like, just said, like, deal with it. Like, yeah. Like, why is a dog coming up and peeing on you? Like, what is that dog trained to do? Like, why is your dog off leash in the first place if you can't control them? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the other dog being around had something to do with it, like triggering triggering that other random dog. But right, I mean, it's not normal for people's dogs oh. to just run up and pee. Right. I thought it was the the not the owner's dog, but the other person's dog no, that peed on them. That's what I'm saying. I'm oh, saying okay. that the other, like the random people in the park's dog probably was triggered by the one family having a dog there. Oh, I see. But I, I mean, who knows? Know. It's just like, you would think that A, they would leash their dog. B, yeah. they wouldn't let their dog, if it was off leash, to just run up to anybody and go crazy, especially yeah. pee on them. And what's hard about that is... Like, you're in a public place, so it's hard to know, like, the outside factors. So if you shoot at any public park or wherever where there's other people, there's always other factors to consider. So, like they were saying, they went and did a reshoot somewhere more private, and that's going to be ideal, especially, like, for a shoot where you need outside factors to, like, not be happening. Um, Obviously, like, if you shoot at public parks, it's fine. Like, I'm sure you get great shots. But it's always important to, like, try to isolate yourself as much as possible or stay away from crowds because you really don't know what's hap- going to happen. Like, I I shoot on a lot of beaches, and beaches are so hard in Michigan because a lot of the ones that you can shoot on are the public beaches where people go and tan and, you know, play beach volleyball and stuff. And I was shooting at this beach this summer, and, like, I was just getting, like, really cute shots of, like, the couple walking, whatever. And you know how people, like, walk the beach and, like, you know, it's like kind of what people do. They just walk along the beach. There was this guy that was walking along the beach and instead of going like behind us, like literally he could have just gone behind us because I was shooting straight at the water. He went right in front of the camera and like pose. And I was like, what are you doing? This is my moment. For real. This is my good side. Yeah. I'm at the beach. Get a picture of me. Yeah. It, it just was like, okay, like, this is this should not be happening, and it sucks because it's just a factor you can't control. So I totally get how that dog is just a little bit. It's a little bit frustrating. That guy at the beach was actually me. No, it was not. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up our photography horror stories episode number four. Thank you guys 
all so much for listening. I do have a course coming up and it's launching in a week or two. February 22nd is when it launches. So stay posted. Stay posted. What does that mean? Stay tuned, you mean? Yeah, stay tuned. Stay posted. Hit those post notices. posted. Yeah, post notices. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> yeah, you want them all. You want to you stay tuned. You want to stay posted. You want to stay connected. Hit the line. Right. So just stay tuned for that course coming up. It's called Back to the Basics. All photography basics course. It's going to be awesome. Um, I personally love the course, but yeah, that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And Charlie, thank you for being on today's podcast. Yeah, it was great. I love a good horror story. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. If I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit.